Okay, hi everybody and welcome back to the latest edition of B2B Nav. Um, this week we have a special guest with us in the format of Bennett Boucher, who's joining us from Drift. Um, say hi to everyone, Bennett, and, and feel free to introduce yourself. Matt, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, down in here from the States, so uh, Boston-based company. Uh, work out of Drift, a mm -hmm. uh, conversational marketing platform. Uh, pumped to be here. Uh, been in the MarTech space for the last five years, previously working at HubSpot, uh, specifically working with agencies. So consulting with hundreds of agencies, uh, the US, uh, Europe, uh, APAC region as well. So definitely glad to, to join you guys today. No, perfect. Well, th th thanks for joining us, as we say. Ollie, do you want to give us a flavor of where we're up to with, um, I guess, Drift as a whole, and then we can ping plenty of questions at Bennett whilst we've got him online with us? Sure. So we started working with Drift probably a little over a year ago, and I think it all came about um, because uh, myself and a couple of others within the business have kind of had experiences of just being users of Drift, I suppose, of, you know, coming across websites that, that have implemented Drift and really enjoying the experience of using it and thinking that this is something that we should look at bringing uh, to, first of all, our, our users and then um, from that into our customers as well. So it's really been born out of, of seeing that it is... Um, other than a trend and something people talk about, something that we believe could really help the user experience. Okay. And Bennett, I guess in terms of the, the phrase conversational marketing, is that something that Drift has created and owned or is that more of an industry-wide phrase, would you say, these days? It's definitely recognized within the industry, um, but we did coin the term and we actually wrote the book on it. So, okay. um, yeah, about three, four years ago, I uh, coined the term conversational marketing. And essentially what we try to do is just meet people uh, to where they're at in the buyer's journey. So uh, I know that there's been, you know, chat and chatbots around, you know, for, for 20 years or so. Uh, what we try to do is really personalize that experience, uh, kind of echoing what, you know, Oliver said, really increasing um, the customer experience whenever someone comes to your website. Okay. Uh, I know that that's been a really big buzzword, especially this year. You know, how can we create the best customer experience? And I think it's even now more important than ever, especially mm -hmm. everyone's, you know, working from home and, your website's essentially uh, your outside sales rep or the best sales person representation of your company. Mm -hmm. So how can we um, best represent that to people who visit it? Okay. And in terms of, I guess, are you seeing uh, drift and conversational marketing be more applied in the B2C world or B2B or is it quite, um, quite a reasonable split across the, the two kind of areas? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so typically where we play in the past is definitely more on the B2B side of the house. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're starting to evolve more into that B2C world. I mm -hmm. think anywhere where there's a sales team and a lead is worth a lot to someone, uh, that's where we really shine because we're a predominantly marketing and sales driven company. Mm -hmm. uh, we can also leverage you know, chatbots obviously for support. I'm sure you guys have used them just in your day-to-day -day life buying things online. Sure. Um, but where we really shine is there and we have some pretty cool um, tools that help on, you know, the ABM side of the house for target accounts with reverse IP lookup. Don't want to get too in the weeds, but that's really where we shine. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, we're starting to adapt more in that B2C world, but a little less so in the e-commerce because e-commerce is, you know, typically trying to drive some to that shopping cart. So you don't sure. really need to talk to someone uh, mm -hmm. in sales. That's a little bit more of that uh, support use case where, uh, we dabble, but it's not our primary focus. Okay, great. And I guess touching on, obviously, we've, we've uh, the word chatbots already come up on a couple of occasions. And I think in sort of the more traditional 
B2B world and I'm sort of looking at John, even though he doesn't know I'm looking at him here. There's a bit of a stigma, a bit of a stigma attached to um, chatbots as a whole. And I know we can come on to drift goes way beyond chatbots, which I think is an important point to stress in today's um, session. But talk to me about that stigma because the chatbots have been around for 10, 20 years and people I think think they know chatbots and think they understand them but obviously it's evolved an awful lot in in particularly in the recent years what's your sort of stance on that from drift or rebuttal to that that if a client is turned off instantly because the word chatbot comes up in conversation you know we, we don't need that we don't want that where, where would you take that conversation bennett yeah i mean there's definitely been you know some chatbots that either have been broken or um ones that haven't been helpful mm -hmm. uh, and that you know can turn people off from that experience i think you know, some of the basic chatbots where, you know, you type in and no one's there or no one responds. It can be yeah. pretty frustrating. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really where you can have the bot come into play and, you know, support your team when it's, you know, out of office or someone chatting in from different hours or mm -hmm. a different region. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where you can help at least on that front. And I think people have seen the, you know, the very basic bot builds where it's essentially just another form where you're getting interrogated. You know, what's your first name? What's your last name? What's your email? Mm -hmm. uh, that's not really conversational marketing. That's just essentially another form in a bot format. Yes. Uh, so what we try to do is really have catered messaging to, again, where that person's at in the buyer's journey or depending what page or piece of content they're reading to really mm -hmm. be as helpful as possible. And that really helps increase engagement uh, and makes people you know, more receptive to actually using uh, the bot and seeing success from, from leveraging it. Great, because I think that's one of the things we've certainly learnt, I would say, Ollie, isn't it, in being more involved with Drift in recent years and obviously in and around conversational marketing with clients is um, the level of personalization you can build into those flows and journeys. So whilst it is still a bot, it, it certainly doesn't feel like that more legacy bot experience that people are so um, nervous to touch, I say. Yeah. I think when people talk about chatbots and start usually getting afraid around chatbots, it's when you think back to what you, that experience you had five or 10 years ago when you had a query on the site, whatever site it might be, you, you, know, you type a message to the chatbot and it throws you back five help articles. None of them are related to what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. It's unhelpful. You just want to speak to a, a customer service representative and you, know, you don't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. But like you're saying here, I think that's, that's kind of a more of a past experience that thankfully most people have started to move away from. Mm -hmm. Okay. And John, you're one, you are one of these people maybe who is a bit more nervous about chatbots. What's, is that, is that, does that echo your experience or where that kind of concern? Yeah. Came yeah. From? I think my, my biggest kind of bugbear with them is the binary nature of them. Mm -hmm. So as Bennett said, you know, you kind of, these chatbots, it's like, yes, no, here, there, you don't get much more out of them. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that is where things like Drift do come in. Cause I'm assuming it's kind of taking the same, sort of theories and sort of processes that you find in marketing automation where you are defining flows based on behaviors, based on situations, based on people landing on a page, you're kind of lead scoring them in that sort of conversation. Would that be an accurate kind of overview of it? Yeah, I've had heard people compare Drift to, you know, essentially adding marketing automation to your website. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the way that you talk about building out the basic bot flows is simple, you know, if then logic, you know, if they're on, you know, this page and they choose this adventure, we're going to serve them up this piece of content. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how you can use Drift on a very basic level. Um, there are some pretty cool things you can do uh, with like keywords. So I know someone you know, mentioned mm -hmm. talk to like a customer service rep or if someone types in human help or 
uh, person, that's where you're able to route someone in immediately because mm -hmm. uh, they obviously have an expedited issue. Uh, they actually do want to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. So you can do some pretty cool things there. Uh, and then we also have um, some integrations with uh, marketing automation tools, like you mentioned. So we actually know who is on the site because we have cookie sharing ability with them. So we can serve sort of really catered content to them. Uh, for example, if like a customer came to the site, we can give them the VIP treatment, you know, route in their uh, exact customer success manager uh, or account manager uh, to really expedite that. So they're not having to, you know, call in and then get routed or have to fill out that form when they're already a customer getting served that very catered and blanketed message. Mm -hmm. um, we can actually mm -hmm. fast track them to the right person to get them the information they need. Okay. And I guess in terms of the, the setup and time and investment in something like Drift as well, obviously with new technologies and when clients are building their tech stacks out, um, we see a lot of them maybe take a quick and fast approach to buying tech, but then a poor and slow approach to implementation. Um, mm -hmm. So how do you find that from Drift from a setup perspective? I'm assuming the answer will be the more you put in, the more you get out. But um, what, what's the kind of typical time investment like to get something like Drift embedded and functioning with some kind of tangible results, hopefully, for it? Yeah, I mean, you can get a basic bot follow up in you know, a few weeks or a month. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you really want to roll out conversational marketing across your website, you know, that could take several months. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to make different iterations to that, it can take you know, six months to a year. So I think... That's the problem with a lot of our customers is they are just barely scratching the surface where they might just get a simple bot up and running on their site, mm -hmm. which is why we you know, lean on agencies um, like BDB, mm -hmm. where you guys can help them really expedite um, their usage. So um, not just getting that basic you know, homepage bot, you know, do you want to talk to support, do you want to talk to sales, but how can you roll out conversational marketing across the site, leverage it with any like specific campaigns that mm -hmm. they might be running and know Oliver and I talked about, you know, digital events and webinars and mm -hmm. even podcasts like this have been um, super popular of late now that everyone's working from home. So how can you potentially leverage a bot that is driving people to attend that, mm -hmm. interacting with people during it, mm -hmm. and then following it up and serving the right content after something like that happens. So yeah, really tying it to the full campaign is super powerful. That, that was an interesting point that's come up with us a lot, uh, Bennett, recently with some of the other um, kind of software products that we're even developing where... Um, you can use them alongside webinars. So a lot of our clients are talking about virtual events at the minute, which typically seems to be a webinar, really, in reality. Yeah. Um, but those webinars, I think it was your analogy, Ollie, so I'll let you say it, but in relation to the questions on webinars and the interactions and where, where you know, something like Drift can come into play there as well. Yeah, yep, just about channeling people to the, uh, to, I guess we were talking about our specific case was, you know, skip the queue, get, you know, ask, ask questions during the webinar instead of having to um, wait till the end of the webinar and have, hope your question is the one of the three or four questions that the people running the webinar answer. Something like Drift can help you skip that queue, get your answer quicker and make sure you actually get an answer as opposed to it just being ignored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I guess beyond, let's let's move away from uh, chatbots momentarily there because I, I'm I'm aware, but maybe a lot of our listeners wouldn't be that drift, you know, is much bigger than that. So it goes into, um, you know, the transition into live chat and beyond. So tell us more about Drift's kind of wider offering beyond the the, the basic bot that most people may know it for. For the meantime, what, what are the other products and services that are coming to the forefront of Drift's offering at the minute? 
Yeah, so at least on the chat level, we also have a live chat feature where someone can jump in, have a conversation. Um, you know, some people might not have that bandwidth where mm -hmm. the bot comes into play and you can book meetings on people's calendar. So for me, I tend to be a little bit of a, a lazy sales rep. I'm not going to dive into a conversation unless it's, you know, a target account or someone mm -hmm. on our pricing page. Mm -hmm. So I really just have the bot book time on my calendar. Uh, we do have some automation and machine learning product we're starting to roll out. So mm -hmm. if you do have a good amount of conversations on your website, we can start to auto-recognize what some of those questions and responses are. Okay. So we do have some of our really high volume customers that are rolling that out mm -hmm. uh, and really where we're moving. So that's us at least on the, the chat platform. Mm -hmm. We also have a video product too as well. Um, obviously video has been, been massive, especially now that everyone's working from home. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's similar to like a Vidyard or a Loom, uh, mm -hmm. but the beauty of our video product is people can actually chat with it. So when you do send it to someone, you can actually have a conversation like, hey, you know, what'd you think of the video? Let me know if you have any questions people can watch that and literally book time with you. So mm -hmm. I know nice. a lot of people have been leveraging that mm -hmm. instead of doing full meetings, send out a quick snippet um, either on the sales or customer success side uh, to avoid, you know, constant zooms throughout the day. Yeah. <laughs> I found that re genuinely really valuable. Um, not wanting to sound just like a sales pitch for you guys, but um, I, I found it really useful when it comes to quickly demoing things to customers and maybe, you know, explaining where they need to do something on the website or quickly explaining one of our, uh, one of our services or something like that. Cause you can just, you know, whack on that camera or whack on the screen capture. I don't need to worry about big software installs and it's just do a one, two minute video and that answers, you know, going straight to them. And, like you say, you've got the chat window alongside it. So if they have any questions when they watch it, they can you know, jump straight into that chat. And it's just, it speeds things up so much. You don't have to book a call a week, at, you know, in a week's time and, and block out half an hour from your calendar. It's just a quick video and that's it. They've got follow-up questions, they can get back in touch. And remind me, does that come part of the standard kind of package with Drift or is that an add-on service? Yeah, so we've got three different products. we got, you know, the bots where you can get free Drift up and running on your site, live chat. Yeah. Um, we have video product where we also have a free video. I think it's up to 100 or so videos or something. Then our paid video products is $10 a month. So okay. uh, super cheap uh, entry point. And I mean, regardless of you use Drift or not, you, you need to use video. So yes. one of the video products, uh, I think it's just a complete takeover. And now I think everyone has a little bit more confidence where um, mm -hmm. they're not afraid to show the camera anymore because we've, mm -hmm. we've been doing it for, for two, three months. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse the hat. I, I got the haircut later this afternoon. Wasn't able to squeeze it in. Uh, I've actually taken my bandana off just for this call, Bennett. So you okay. should be yeah, you should feel very pleased. I've got this pinning it down at the minute. So yeah, there's a... I'm absolutely not taking my hat off on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat, so don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Yankee hat too. So I don't know if you see my Red Sox poster behind me. <laughs> Again, I'm from Boston, so I think John. Not only is he uh, not a firm believer in the bots yet, but also he's uh, also offending you from a baseball perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tough crowd, good. but and then the, just the last thing we have is a uh, email product too as well mm -hmm. for uh, email enrichment. Uh, if you send it out, get like an out of office or someone switches company or someone's covering, we can actually sift those emails and add them to your database. So okay, great. Uh, another contact so enricher. Does it work? This is just that curiosity. So can so drifts installed and working, and you kind of got it all going. Can it work autonomously or do you really need it to kind of integrate into other platforms to get the most? So like into, I don't know, Marketo or mm -hmm. HubSpot or whatever it might, your marketing automation platform of choice. Yeah, so it can work as a standalone where you just build a contact list within the platform. Um, most of our customers use a Salesforce 
or a HubSpot as a CRM. And we can mm -hmm. feed those leads right in there and pull in those conversations. Uh, and then those that, that see the most lift on campaigns use a Marketo, Pardot, Eloqua, uh, where we have some of that cookie sharing ability. Um, so it can be a standalone, and, but if you want to maximize um, the results, having it with one yeah. of those automation tools is really powerful. Or we can also integrate with some um, ABM tools as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but the beauty of Drift is we have a reverse IP lookup built into our product. Um, so you actually uh, can get that standalone with Drift as well. Okay. Fantastic. I've got a question for you, Bennett, which um, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but I'd be interested to see what your take is on this. So around the start of the year, then I saw conversational marketing topping a lot of like 2020 trend, trends lists. I think it's been appearing on trends for at least the last two or three years, but it was on the top of the, a lot of the lists I saw this year. But then I saw quite a few experienced marketers, and I'm not going to say this is a majority by any, um, by any stretch. This is more anecdotal, but I saw a bit of backlash against it, sort of saying like, I, I guess along the lines of it's, it's a trend and it's a fad, but it's not doing anything useful. So what would you kind of say to, to I guess, somebody that says, it's, it is a fad, uh, but it's not going to drive your results. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty hot take. Um, I mean, I was definitely a little bit of a, a skeptic too, mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I need to see some charts because uh, I would even think even personal use, like, yeah, maybe I would use a chat, but I'm pretty, you know, tech savvy. Like I said, I've been in the MarTech space. I've been around computers and, and uh, smartphones my whole life. Like, how would, you know, someone like, uh, you know, my parents, for example, leverage yeah. that if that's the demographic they're going after. Uh, mm -hmm. And surprisingly, the, the stats that I saw from that was um, that there's actually not a difference between baby boomers uh, and millennials that are actually using, using chats. And I think as long as you cater it towards the audience you're going after, um, for example, I worked with some, you know, senior um, living companies, which is, you know, a great fit for chat because, again, it's a very high ticket item. It is B2C, but, you know, a customer's worth a lot to them. And there's a lot of different personas and people that might be coming to the site. So if you can cater that bot for maybe someone in like, you know, senior living where it's just button choices where, you know, John, I think you said for you, that might be a little simple, you know, yes, no, just going down a simple path. Um, obviously, you guys are, are marketers, you like to make, make it a little bit more creative than that. Uh, but if you cater to that audience where you make it as simple as possible, that's how they might be able to leverage it. Or if it's a baby boomer that's looking for them, um, again, they might not be super tech savvy, just having simple questions, hey, do you want to talk to someone? Um, so I think as long as you cater to the demographic you're going after, and I mean, one of my retorts to, to those people that, that are, you know, maybe haters or naysayers, like they definitely have used chat at some point um, on at least the consumer side. Like when you think about, um, you know, I always think of like, you know, Amazon, you know, they created as less friction as possible. Um, that's why everyone loves a brand. Everyone relies on them because, you know, you need something, whatever you need, you're going to be able to get it, you know, at your doorstep, you know, things are pushed out a little bit for obvious reasons, but you know, within at least a week's time, mm -hmm. um, they get instant response and they make it super easy. You know, essentially what we try to do is remove as much friction, um, to website visitors as possible. So get them the answers they need, get that quick response. So yeah, definitely bubble that up to me, Oliver, because I, I would love to see who, who had that feedback and some of their supporting cases. Um, but again, just a couple examples uh, I just want to share. No, I think that's really interesting, Bennett, because I, I, I'm, 
I'm actually on more on your side of that argument. I think if people are talking about genuinely being customer centric and embracing customer centricity and being easy to do business with, these are phrases we hear an awful lot in B2B, mm. um, but then there's no facilitation on the website to really guide that process for them. So once you have managed to capture a prospect or a customer's attention, how easy are you making it for them to engage and, and buy from you beyond the filling in a form yeah. or giving data away? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I suppose I always look at these things being like conversational marketing has been around since marketing's been around. Content marketing has been around since marketing's been around. Mm. And you hit the nail on the head, Bennett, with the word frictionless. What what the technology and the tech is now doing is taking the pressure out of the situation, particularly, I guess, for you know buyers. Do they really want to have to have that sales call, you know, on their first page visit no they want to kind of go through they want to be kind of taken through it and it's kind of making mm. it a, a safer world for them i guess in terms of right i'm not going to get pressured i'm not going to have to talk to anyone unless i want to but i'm going to get the answers mm-hmm. and i think that's you know me me coming full circle and not tarring every piece of chatbot and live chat technology with the brush of 20 years ago that's where it does have a real value of it does take away that need for a salesperson to be in the mix up until there, you know, whatever the lead score total is for triggering a call is, but you can really kind of take them along the journey. Yeah. I think that goes back to, you know, meeting people where they're at in the buyer's journey. Like not everyone that comes to site is going to want to talk to sales. Um, and I think that's a problem with a lot of bots where they're broken is, you know, they might have outsourced chat reps, that are paid based on the meetings they book. So the <laughs> second someone comes to the site, they're like, hey, you want to book a meeting? Do you want to talk? Because that's what they you know, get paid on. So as long as we're you know, nurturing those people, you know, depending where they're at, especially a lot of the companies you work with, you know, from what I talk with Oliver, you know, pretty complex uh, items that they're selling. So mm-hmm. they might be there for just to learn more about the product, mm-hmm. um, to get educated as opposed to wanting to talk to us someone in sales, uh, especially if it is a higher ticket item. So really being able to nurture them, answer the questions they have. And I guarantee, you know, if you cater and play more of that give get with the bot or the chat rep, once you do give them enough information, they'll open up and be ready to take that call. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to the analogy, you know, you're not going to want to marry someone after the first dance. Yep. Um, you know, unless you gotta, it's a really good know, dance. Unless it's a really <laughs> good dance, Bennett, you never know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, I think, yeah, it, there's definitely has, we did have a bad stigma uh, at the beginning, but I think the the more relevant uh, message and I think even making it cheeky and brandy, I think that's why really leaning on like an agency, mm-hmm. um, you know, like yourselves, like I love working with agencies because they create the coolest bot experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make them playful. They make them funny depending if that's relevant to the, you know, the brand, if it's a cybersecurity company, maybe that does an echo as well to that uh, but just having like a mascot of a bot asking like i've even seen bots like hey you know mind if i ask you a joke or something like or can i tell you a joke just like yeah. get different ways to engage with people push them through the funnel that way yeah. as opposed to you know let's book a meeting um i think that's a it's a great way to go about it we used to have a sales guy that worked with us who used to uh say uh, stop selling and start helping a lot but that that yeah. mantra i think really applies to this arena of if you set your bot up to sell 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 it will fall into the chasm of 
being an annoying bot of the past. Whereas mm -hmm. I think with Drift and certainly what we've tried to do with our own Drift experience is to help our clients, guide our clients, guide yeah. our prospects, be there to sell when they want to buy. As you, you said, echoing right back to the start of the conversation of mirroring that buying process and where they're up to in that kind of flow. Um, but as long as you have that mentality when you set it up, um, I think it's got every, every chance of success because it should be making your prospects or your, your clients a job easier to engage with you, hopefully. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the thing for us, isn't it? We've, like, we work with a lot of companies that have multiple personas. Like you said, Ben, you know, very complex products to sell, but then you're selling it to like two or three very defined characters. And that's where chatbot, you know, traditional chatbots do fall by the wayside because they're just doing their one rope learnt kind of linear journey mm -hmm. and i guess that's where kind of platforms like drift do come into their own that they can kind of make it a much more non-linear kind of jump in jump out bring a new person in identify that persona take them on a different journey and there it does align more i guess with marketing automation doesn't it but self-serve rather than outbound yeah, I think it's definitely massive for, for some of your customers with these complex products because they probably have one or two competitors. So when people do come to the site, you know, they're probably just looking at another competitor of theirs and that's about it. So being as timely and responsive and as educational as possible is going to be massive or they're going to lose interest, go to that competitor or, or not come back. So there's crazy stats with like, you know, being able to respond within the first five minutes of someone, you know, come to your site or it's, it's even less than that. I think it's eight seconds. People have attention span on one thing. You know, we mm -hmm. live in the, the goldfish economy, which is you know, why I was glad that you had the podcast only be, you know, 20, 30 minutes because any longer than that, you know, people are going to be jumping <laughs> to something else. So yeah, um, being able to be as timely responsive and I think back to what, what both of you guys echoed, like being helpful, mm -hmm. um, that's where you're going to build trust uh, and the more of a trusted advisor you are, um, you know, the more likely you're going to get that eventual sale down the road. Sure. sure. Ollie, do you have something you were going to add there? I was just going to say, I think it's, it comes back to that point um, these days where buyers are generally looking to do quite a lot of research themselves. We're a bit, um, for whatever reason, we're a bit less averse to just you know, picking up a phone and speak to a company and having them pitch everything cold. We usually want to look, do, I think the stats that say, you know, buyers look at five to seven pieces of content, uh, content before they make a purchasing decision. So we know they're out there researching. So if we have a tool in place like a conversation marketing, like Drift, that's helping people get to that content, and it's easier to find your company's content than it is for it to find the similar content on a competitor's site or online presence, then it's just that much more likely, I suppose, that they're going to create that affinity uh, towards your brand than their brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess one of the things in B2B, maybe just to wrap up the conversation was around, I was thinking anyway, it was around all the challenges we get in B2B is, you know, what case studies have you got? What, what examples have you got of success stories of using conversational marketing, maybe as part of the, the marketing mix? Have you got any particular highlights um bennett again sorry to put you on the spot but no, <laughs> uh, in, uh, have you got anything in the sense of you know any, any success stories that you would shout about to a client when you're trying to educate them about the benefits of, of drift as a, as a complete package yeah i mean the the go-to one that we have is you know on the low end we're going to see at least a percent and a half to two percent lift on your conversion so okay. most people are you know typically at um maybe one to two percent uh, so just being able to double that, which is why, you know, our best clients are those B2B high ticket items because the lead's worth a lot to them. If we can just get a handful more in the funnel and just another, you know, a few more quick closes, 
mm -hmm. um, the results will skyrocket. So okay. um, yeah, that's why it's our, our target fit. Um, and me coming from sales, like this company, you know, again, again, I did have some, some doubts at, at the beginning, but mm -hmm. it makes sense for me because, you know, the more meetings I have, the better I'm going to do. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's all we do. So I got to see it in action day in and day out of just right. waking up to meetings booked on my calendar. And, and I guess uh, to final question for you, and then I will close off was around the, the future. Cause obviously we've, we've had the disruption, let's just call it of <laughs> the COVID situation, which is continuing. Um, but without dwelling on COVID particularly, um, is, is there a clear vision for what the future holds for drift? Is it, is it an evolution of what you've got? Is it other bolts on packages? Do, do you have a flavor of that yet in your position? Yeah. Um, I think that's where the automation, so that's eventually where we want to move where mm -hmm. instead of um, having to build out the different tree branching, we learn from the best conversations mm -hmm. um, and that can essentially act as your rep. So when Cummins, you know, John comes to the site, he doesn't have to choose that yes, no adventure. He can be like, you know, do you integrate with X, Y, and Z product? And mm -hmm. we're able to pull in that information because we've really learned from the sales reps response in the past. Mm -hmm. So we can actually uh, um, machine learn to that. So, right. you know, that's the direction we're going is, you know, essentially remove people from the front lines and have them be able to do more creative work or sell further down the funnel, as yeah. opposed to doing a lot of those tedious tasks, answering those same questions that come in a day out. Let's mm -hmm. automate that process and provide the same uh, response to rep. Fantastic. Sounds great. Sounds really good. It's so relevant for our clients, as I say, I think if we can, uh, yeah open up the conversations and open up the dialogue with them more around it um and any any way of getting a uh, a slight competitive advantage over you know the people that they're up against um and any you know to the lead conversions of if you can make those kind of stat increases then that's that's the angle we should be going on with have you got any other questions for bennett while we've got him on the line ollie or john or anything else you want to pick up on today's episode no i think i'm almost convert bennett well done. <laughs> Bennett, you're a job. Red Sox fan? <laughs> no, not yet. Next time. Okay. <laughs> Ollie, um, anything from you awesome. before we wrap up? No, that's been great. And thank you very much for joining, Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. And then if anyone, you know, they want to see uh, just a demo, a harmless demo, or even I can build a bot on their site uh, for free, you know, no ask and return, uh, happy to do so. But regardless, you guys can get in hands with the B2B team. Uh, there's some smart, cheeky guys over there. So. Let me know if you guys have any additional questions and I appreciate you guys having me. No, great. We'll put all your contact details in the information when we share the episode out. Bennett, but just on behalf of B2B, thanks again very much for joining us today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Um, feel free, our listeners, to check out um, our ungated online knowledge hub, b2bknowledge.com, um, helping you navigate the ever-evolving B2B marketing landscape. Um, thanks very much and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. Have a good one. See ya.